0: The Around the League Podcast gets baited into interceptions.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hanson, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys?
2: Hey, Dan. I like this new pointing routine you have
1: when you announce our names. Well, a couple things at play. First of all, I almost always say, or always say Chris Wessling first, But this is a different setup. We're in the round. The Studio 66 is under construction. TD behind the glass is nodding his head because he knows all the inside info on the process. So they have now kicked us downstairs to the main studio where NFL Network films uh, or shoots Total Access, among many other programs. And we're in a round table, and I just went right around the room, right around the table.
3: Mark West... Greg. The TD is not behind the glass. There is no glass. There is no glass. He is
4: on a fold-out table, and we appear to be in what looks like a low-level Death Star third-level set. Yeah, so if it sounds... What is this place? I
1: don't know. If it sounds a little weird, uh, just bear with us for the next month or so, I think. It's going to be a construction process, and then we're going to get back to Studio 66. And also keep in mind, any other production flaws today... We have Nigeria playing in the World Cup, which is uh, which is TD's native land, or I guess you were born in Atlanta, but you grew up in Nigeria. After that, directly after that, the good old USA are playing Woo! against Ghana. Uh, Cecil and I are going to sneak out of here and catch that game at a local – uh, bar. So, TD, the two nations that you're closest to are playing soccer today. We can't expect a lot out of you, I would assume.
5: Not really, no. It's, I mean, we started <laughs> off the day with Cristiano Ronaldo playing in Portugal, even though they had a bad game. So, I've just been all soccer today, you yeah.
1: know? No, that's understandable. I mean, we, so we are completely understanding whatever happens. We're not even sure anybody will ever actually hear this because <laughs> TD might just get tied up with the, the beautiful game, as they call it.
4: Once every four years, man. Give me a break. My <laughs> takeaway being that Greg and Wes not patriotic enough to sneak out to watch the USA hey, someone's play. someone's got
3: to work. Someone's got to watch the shop.
4: Nation first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, big show today. I always say it's a big show, but I actually mean it this time. A very big show today. We're going to talk uh, more making the leaf stuff. We're going to do uh, uh, Marcus Wheaton of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ziggy Ansah. And not only are we going to talk about Ziggy Ansah, we're going to get our good friend, ATL Chicago correspondent, Kevin Patrick, on the line. And he's going to tell us about Ziggy Ansah. He wrote the piece up on our website where you could read about all the Making of the Leap candidates at, Greg? NFL.com's backslash Making the Leap. Bang. Uh, we're going to also talk about, uh, we'll tie this back to soccer, and forgive all, for all of our ignorance, the uh, U.S. soccer coach, Jurgen Klinsmann, is that correct? <laughs> close, close, Jurgen
5: Klinsmann. He knew
1: Klinsmann made some interesting comments before the start of the World Cup about the U.S.'s chances to win.
5: Some honest comments. But. Some
1: honest comments. Uh, so we're going to kind of apply that to the NFL a little later and talk about some teams that really maybe it's not quite realistic for them to think about the Super Bowl. Do that later, but before any of that, we're going to start with the man that's usually behind the glass, TD. Can we do some news, buddy? Let's do it. We start with some sad news from over the weekend. Chuck Knoll, the four-time Super Bowl winning coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, passed away at the age of 82. Knoll died at his home in Allegheny County. Uh, the Hall of Famer guided the Steelers from laughingstock to one of the sport's great dynasties. Uh, he coached the team from 1969 through 1991. I mean, the guy is an icon in this league, and uh, he will be uh, remembered as such as one of the great coaches of all time. Chris Wessling, you are the resident historian of the Around the League group. Your thoughts? I think the one thing that stands out
2: to me is I don't know that most NFL fans realize the Pittsburgh Steelers were the NFL's laughingstock for 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Their entire franchise was... Just basically the worst team in the NFL until Chuck Knoll arrived in 1969. And then they became the NFL's premier franchise, and they've been one of the premier franchises since then. So he is the turning point in that franchise. You want
1: to talk about a culture and creating a culture, this is – this is ground zero when you're talking about that. The, the Steelers stunk for decades. And now, as someone uh, someone my age, for instance, you could, it's, it's very rarely that you remember a period where the Steelers weren't good. So, Noel certainly deserves some credit for kind of changing the way people looked at the Steelers and how the organization operated. Art Rooney Jr.,
3: the son of, you know, Art Rooney, the team's founder, had a quote which I, I used in the first write-up we have of Noel. It said, Chuck knows the best thing that happened to the Rooney since they got on the boat in Ireland. <laughs> and he's right. The Roonies, you think of them now as these patriarchs of the sport, of these guys that are untouchable. They were a laughingstock in Pittsburgh. People joked about them. The Steelers were just thought of as these second-class citizens. It was a town that wanted to love football, and yet they had this franchise that had been to one playoff appearance in 34 years. Of course, they lost that that one game. Noel comes in, and he doesn't really get mentioned when you think of the greatest coaches of all time. You think of Lombardi, uh, you think of Paul Brown, you think of Bill Walsh. Noel doesn't really get that love, maybe because he wasn't as X's and O's, maybe because he didn't self-promote, but if you just look at the track record and, and what he did, he coached the most dominant team in NFL history, and that was the 70s Steelers.
4: And the the thing about Pittsburgh coming out of that awful era that Chris mentioned, and we wouldn't see this today because there's zero patience with quarterbacks and coaches, but especially coaches that get shuffled out so quickly. He won one game his first year in Pittsburgh, followed by two more losing seasons. When losing teams get a new coach that does something like that, they just keep shuffling and turning Mm. and getting the next guy in. That started a long tradition of the Roonies sticking with their coaches for eras and ages. They've been one of the most consistent teams, and that lack of turnover is one of the reasons that Pittsburgh is in the picture every season.
3: He got hired on January 27th, 1969. The next day, he drafts me and Joe Green. How about that for a second day on the job? Bang, home run. One of the best draft picks ever. They take Terry Bradshaw, and part of Noel's genius or whatever you want to call it, is his evaluation of players. He was a big part in taking guys, and then he's known as a teacher. And maybe that's not as – it's, it's kind of harder to quantify, but everyone that's ever played for him talks about his teaching
1: skills and the fundamentals, and that's why the Steelers were so good there. And by the way, I worked I worked a Saturday morning shift for ATL, and I reached out to Damashek I said, Dave, would you care to write anything up under the ATL banner? And Dave wrote a really – Nice nuanced piece about what Noel meant to Pittsburgh and that organization. You should read it. Dave Damage like a bit of a writer, a little sneaky. I know. I mean the guy the guy gets a little bit of a he 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 does he always gives us credit for our ability to write things. Dave can write a little bit.
3: Let's get him on around the league more. I'd love to have him writing all the time. Yeah. People just tweet at him, say we loved your piece. Keep writing for around
1: the league. TD, Shay. well, TD's watching the TVs behind him. Really, he's not really paying attention, but it didn't seem like he was that plugged in when we were pipping uh, Dave's writing skills.
5: Well, I mean, Shrek is actually a good writer, you know. So uh, <laughs> actually, actually, yeah, that's he, one of the things that bothers good that. idea, man. Too that, that Shrek guy.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. All yeah. right, let's move on. Brandon Flowers has been released. By, this is also news we're just catching up from over the weekend. Brandon Flowers was released by the Kansas City Chiefs. He confirmed that Friday on his Twitter page. Uh, just curious what your guys' thought about, thoughts were about this. Obviously, not a huge surprise. He'd been dangled in trade uh, rumors or talks for some time. Uh, but uh, they decided to move on without Flowers, who was uh, due $5.25 million this season. What, what ended the love affair between Kansas City and Brandon Flowers? He had a bad season, didn't seem to
2: be a good fit for Bob Sutton's defense where they want physical press corners. Brandon Flowers is a little undersized and not quite as speedy as the top cornerbacks. Um, you know, just a couple of years ago, he was one of those one of those few cornerbacks that would shadow receivers around the field, played at a Pro Bowl level. But it'll be interesting to see how much money he gets because he's now he, he's brushing up against age 30. Uh, And like I said, undersized. So I kind of wonder how much interest. Who are we talking about again?
3: You want to make flowers today?
4: (laughs) Oh, Brandon, flowers. Yes. Your thoughts, Mark? (laughs) Uh, Chris, not sure if you were finished there before that outrageous hey, we're, interruption. We're all
3: just here to set up Dan's uh, little games that he has. The rest of the show is basically just a
1: preamble to whatever little drops you got. Going. Hit him again. Hit him again,
3: TV. You want to make flowers for that? Any
1: true, de- true detective fans will know that. Okay. Yeah, well, as a number of
4: people pointed out that he also uh, shares the same name with the lead singer of The Killers, Who, Back on a very old debate club club podcast, we debated who would have a tougher time. The singer coming onto the field and doing the cornerback's job Mm. or Brandon Flowers, the cornerback, having to host a Killers concert. And
1: before you – just one thought on that. Hold off one second. Why does it sound like Mark Sessler is in a helicopter (laughs) flying over Vietnam? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not your fault, T.D., but I hope it sounds like we're in a chopper.
5: It's a new setup, guys. We're working out the kinks right
4: now. Yeah. Well, it's disturbing.
1: Well, I think what do we This is training by the way? It would be harder. Brandon Flowers, the diminutive killer's lead singer, would be I think be that would strong. be a lot harder. We,
4: yeah. You, you <laughs> believe singer would be tougher initially, but I went cornerback. One thing, Ian Rappaport <laughs> noted that he played 56% of his plays in the slot last year and that he didn't like that role. So I don't know if that means the team that decides to sign him has to – Think about that pretty hard before they put him back into that role as a third cornerback.
3: Well, you know when guys get, signed, get cut this time of year and every team, every fan roots for them to sign that player. And usually it's kind of a junky player. It's someone you shouldn't be excited about. Brandon Flowers is a guy you should be excited about. He's a guy, if he had been a free agent going into the offseason, I think he would have been in our top 25 free agents available. Mm-hmm. He was a—he's been a good starter for a long time. He, really, a Pro Bowl level type of starter a couple years ago. He's only 28 years old. He's someone that can go in and actually make a difference. I mean, he's the best free agent out there. I guess Jermichael Michael Finley if he's healthy, but other than that, he's the
1: best one. Is it, has the carrier pigeon? This happened on Friday. Has it reached John Idzik yet? Is John Idzik aware <laughs> is he plugged in that Brandon Flowers is there for the taking?
3: You want to make flowers today? <laughs>
1: I just feel like, Greg, you wrote the piece about seven landing spots. You had the Jets at number five. You had the Falcons and Texans as the ones that made the most sense. But I, just as you know, Jets, man, I got Dimitri Patterson and D. Milner. But isn't the I, I whole issue
4: help. that he doesn't want to be in a press man scenario where he's got to do that all the time? And isn't if, that a big situation in New if York? If he didn't
2: fit Bob Sutton's defense, he's not going to fit Rex Ryan's because Bob Sutton used to be Rex Ryan's uh Assistant coach.
3: Yeah, that's a good point, and he's known for being better. And so he makes a lot of sense in Atlanta, where Scott Pioli is, who signed Flowers to that big contract just a few years ago when he was in when they were both in Kansas City together. Romeo Cornell, who's in Houston, coached them. So I think he'll get a good contract, but I don't think he's a guy uh, that's going to get signed right away. You can kind of see his agents are not very happy with the market that's shaping up for him. All right. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Flowers? You want to make
4: flowers for (laughs) that?
3: Yes, Craig. You just wanted to set that up again. Well, I feel like the the Killers and Brandon Flowers, maybe not the best band of the 2000s, but an underrated band to run to. Or, you know, if you don't run, maybe work out to. Right, they got that anthemic lift. Got the pep, you know what I mean? The 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 beat. And, like, if I was struggling at the end of a run, you know, you throw on a little killer shuffle, four or five songs... That'll get you home. I used to
2: have a workout playlist on Spotify, and I think Smile Like You Mean It was on there. There you go.
4: There you go. Any Enya on that list?
3: No, no Enya. <laughs>
4: That's
1: the only way
3: Sasuke can Or
2: look a no go go
1: flow out.
3: No, uh, Trip Spears. What was that? Trip, Trip, Trip Shakespeare. Shakespeare,
4: thank you. A lot of listeners chimed in saying <laughs> they like that reference because that is a, that is an under-the-radar solid We almost just lost Dan, Dan here. Dan just <laughs> tripped over.
1: Well, <laughs> Marco blew me off the, the table with his... Microphone is very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulties on Model 210 Model 210. <laughs> all right. You want to talk about some mandatory minicamp, heat? Some holdouts? You want to talk about a holdout fun?
2: Nothing I like better than holdouts.
1: Let's start with San Francisco 49ers tight end Vernon Davis, who uh, on Peter King's Monday morning quarterback explained why he has decided to hold out. A direct quote from the piece, it's all about getting paid what you deserve. It's not that complicated. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Monday that Davis will indeed be absent from camp when it opens Tuesday, per a source with knowledge of the players' plans. Davis has two, me- two years remaining on a six-year six $42.7 million deal. Uh, he believes that he's playing at a higher level than ever and believes he should be compensated for it. What do you think, guys? That is uh, man of the people, Vernon Davis. That's his new name. <laughs> why,
2: why do you say that? Because he said uh, a couple of weeks ago that he was going to hold out so he could establish his brand.
3: Mm. What does that even mean? Mm, that's disturbing. Well, I would say to Vernon Davis, don't sign six-year contracts in the middle of your career. Sign a shorter deal. Don't have an agent that is all aboard the six-year Extension Express because that's what happens. By the end of the six years... You get underpaid. That's how the market moves. And whenever they talk about how much money he's making this year, for instance, he's underpaid. He's 4.7. That that does seem underpaid for Vernon Davis. You don't count the signing bonus that he got when he signed. I mean, he got $10 million to sign. That should count somewhere in the equation. So it's really on the agent to me and the player more than the team.
4: He feels like he has too many people in his ear right now because his messaging has been so convoluted. It's, I might go to minicamp. I might not. I'll definitely be there. Now he had a Monday morning quarterback piece with a subtitle, Why I'm Holding Out, yet doesn't clarify if he is or isn't. (laughs) It sounds like there's too many cooks in the kitchen trying to steer this guy around.
1: And I have a bit of an issue because this is the same thing that Revis did with the Jets. where You can't be holding out when you have multiple years left on a deal. It's like, all right, if you really want to make a stick, maybe when you're heading into the last year and let's work something out. But you're in the middle of it. Let's roll with it and just deal with the fact that that's what you agreed to.
3: And if you're the 49ers, who cares if he – you're not going to get your attention by skipping mandatory minicamp. Is it really that big a deal? No. I don't know what he could do that would be a big deal. Skip a chunk of training camp, but I don't think he's going to get paid I any don't think extra. you can
4: hold a team like the 49ers hostage. I, I'm not sure they're going to respond to this because it's you've got a lot of players up for contracts. You can't tell Michael Crabtree... You go do this next, and you'll get the money you want.
3: It'd be illegal, too, holding a whole team hostage.
4: I just
1: feel like that would be a bad move. (laughs) That's a felony. That would be bad for the brand. Uh, Andre Johnson, the Houston Texans wide receiver. As we know, he hasn't been at voluntary workouts. There had been rumors or reports that he would sit out mandatory workouts as well, and it seems like that's where it's heading. Johnson's uncle and advisor, Andre Melton, told the Houston Chronicle on Monday that Johnson would not be at minicamp this week. Coach Bill O'Brien said last week he wasn't sure whether Johnson would show up, uh, but here's a quote from Melton. Right now that's all he can do. We've done what we can do, so we're just sitting there waiting. Uh, You know, Once you get to the point now, it's past OTAs, this seems like an actual issue now for the Texans.
2: Did Uncle Melton enlighten us (laughs) as to what Andre Johnson actually wants from the Texans? I don't know. A quarterback,
3: I guess, but he says
1: it's not a quarterback.
2: <laughs> I'm going to hold out until you get a quarterback.
1: Right, right but, it, it, I mean, that's obviously what he's – well, he said that's not why he's upset. But I guess it's, it's if you're not going to get the quarterback and you're not going to spend money to bring someone in, then you better pay me more. I mean, the whole message – what kind of message is that even sent? He's getting I, paid pretty well. It's definitely the most
3: confusing holdout. You're not really sure what it's all about, and I can't see it going through.
1: Well. I'm going to – challenge you on that. Here's a more confusing one. Kyle Orton. (laughs) What is going on with Kyle Orton? The man has yet to decide. NFL... The Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Kyle Orton, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reports that the Cowboys are confident that Orton will show up because uh, they will go after part of his signing bonus if he doesn't. Orton privately continues to weigh his options. Like, well, I mean, at one point, are you going to make a decision? He wants to Kyle? retire, but
2: he doesn't want to pay the Cowboys for that privilege.
1: All right. Well, you know what? That's a pretty, it seems pretty cut and dry.
3: What, why do you need months to make such a decision? $3 million is what the Cowboys could go after. Of Kyle Orton, if he doesn't, if he just retires now, there will be lawyers. That I mean, that, that's a lot. It reminds me of a, another ex Broncos quarterback who retired in the seeming strong side of his career. Jake Plummer, who still had seven million dollars coming to him or he had signed for a signing bonus, and the Bucks and the Broncos went after that money and they got half of it. They got three and a half million from him. that that's a big cost to pay, to not only decide you can stop paying me this unbelievable salary, but I'm actually gonna go to, have to go into my bank account and give you three and a half billion dollars to not show up. Insane.
4: It is absurd. They should go after every cent if this guy doesn't show up. What other job? He take his dog. Well, what other job can <laughs> you just say? Right. I'm not going to show up to work today or all summer as I hold out for more money or get what I want in the out of the arrangement. Get rid of this guy. You guys could try it. Yeah, we could See try it, and about a week in, we'd find out that we're noting the paycheck doesn't hit the uh, direct deposit, and there's troubles.
1: Cecil, who oh, I'm touching Cecil's shoulder right now, because <laughs> no. we have increased, it's more physical, Greg and I are standing as we're talking, I'm touching Mark, because I'm making a point, you obviously are not on board with Kyle Orton, nor am I, I don't know about Tony Romo either, there's a question in Dallas, Greg, you brought this up, a good point in your ATL post, there's a the question was raised whether Romo and Orton like each other, uh, Romo was asked recently whether he wanted to see more commitment out of uh, Orton, here's Romo's quote, yeah, um... I don't have any comment on that. So. <laughs> That's
3: that question is only asked if the reporter essentially knows the answer. But, I mean, there's no way – a veteran reporter like Calvin Watkins who asked that question, he knows there's something between those two. So he, he put him on the well, spot. And, by the
4: way, any commitment at all would be more commitment.
3: <laughs> I never realized how much Mark truly despises Kyle Orton when he came up – this morning, it was about 8 in the morning, we started talking a little Orton because that's, that's a great way to start the day. And you can tell Mark is very anti, anti-Orton.
4: I didn't dislike him at all <laughs> early on in the career where he was making starts, contributing, drinking boatloads of beer outside of work. The guy can, I can roll with the whole thing. At this point, it just seems it's disruptive to the team. There, you can go find an equal backup who actually wants to be there and learn during the offseason. You've you got to get someone better than, than Whedon you got to do well, something here. Make a move. To
1: connect, let's try to connect the dots of why Sessler feels this way. Mark mm. used to live in a farmhouse outside Denver. Kyle Orton used to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Okay. Shared timeline potentially. Took your girlfriend. In play. Yes uh, not
4: <laughs> even close <laughs> to being an actual narrative, but I like it. Mark's ex-girlfriend wanted a guy with a neckbeard.
1: Uh, well, listen, neckbeards. Some girls like neckbeards.
4: I don't know about that. I probably offered equally, like, (laughs) low characteristics (laughs) at the time. Orton, here's a
1: boo from Mark Sessler. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move forward. More funny quarterback quotes from uh, quarterbacks that are connected to the state of Texas. Vince Young might have retired. That's the headline we're going to go with here. On Saturday, (laughs) the uh, free agent quarterback told Brent Carney of uh, KXAN-TV in Austin, that he's intending to retire from the NFL. This is uh, one month after the Browns released him after a 12-day stint. Here's the quote from Young, and this where it gets a little confusing. It's definitely official, I think, in my book. Unless we get a great opportunity, something <laughs> guaranteed. Other than that, I've started moving forward in some things. I don't know what any of that meant.
2: The NFL retired Vince Young two years ago. Can you retire from something that you don't actually partake in?
3: That that does come up every offseason where a guy that's been out of the league for an entire year then retires. It happened recently with uh, – who was it? It was like uh, yes. a Texans linebacker or something. I was like, you can't retire now. You've been out for a year. It's too late.
1: Right. And I think what Vince Young wants, <laughs> intends to retire from is signing with a team for two weeks. And he's oh. sick of, like, not getting a payday. A guy needs money. We know that. And he keeps on – he's this roller coaster or a carousel where he's basically just coming on a team and getting dumped. I guess I would understand why that's tiresome. So Ian Rappaport reported over the weekend that this is kind of heading toward him taking some type of position with UT, yeah. where, of course, he had his glory days. Ah. Uh, you, so maybe. Well,
4: you know it's the, it's the low season – In the NFL when Brent Carney and Andre Melton are beating Ian Rappaport to uh, scoops on these players.
1: Brent Carney, see, with a big scoop out of Texas.
3: I guess I could probably give up on Vince Young at this point. Remember, we were just talking
1: about he was on your Browns just a couple weeks
3: ago. Well,
4: and it's another sign that they are correctly evaluating players to have quickly dispatched with him.
1: Uh, Quick note, while we're talking about players that were retired by society, Dallas Clark is retired. Mm. Uh, A long-time tight end, Uh, biggest years of course with Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. Spent most recently, he was with the Baltimore Ravens, where clearly he was uh, no longer truly Dallas Clark. And now his career is over. He's announced he's retiring. Another
2: sign how old I'm getting. I drafted Dallas Clark in a rookie draft of a dynasty league fantasy football league one year. Wow. (laughs) And now he's retired.
3: Nice uh, little career. Eleven years. Made a Pro Bowl one year, somehow was the first team All-Pro. That is an upset of all upsets. In the prime of Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates' career, one year, and it was the year, as Dan pointed out before the show, that Peyton Manning went crazy and threw 49 49 touchdowns. touchdowns. Dallas Clark beats out those two future Hall of Famers. That was
2: Dallas Clark's outlier year. He had 100 receptions, 1,106 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns. He only had three seasons in his 13 seasons with 50 receptions
3: or 500 yards. Mm. Hmm. That's why he was mentioned sixth in the news, Red Dad, but a good
4: player. Underrated mustache as well. Give
1: him some love. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen, moving on. The Making the Leap series continues. I was going to say the gold standard, but the gold standard is no longer here. That is TD behind the glass, only there's no glass. We're all sharing a room. TD, what's up, buddy?
5: What's going on, guys? I don't know what's going on right now. No, no Zach, you're you're off the game. New studio. Uh, Who says
1: we're off our game?
5: Dan is. He almost called me the gold standard, which I love. Zach, by the way. You guys,
3: well, there's a there's
1: a resemblance. I'm sure you've heard that before. A little bit. (laughs) No. Intellectually, here's some more good news. I am again touching Mark. (laughs) It's creeping me out. Right there. See
3: you're your not hat. the only. Well, one. well, we're all standing up now. That's excited, <laughs> and that's what's called a little bit of leadership. You saw yeah. us. You saw that we were performing so well, Mark and Chris and TD. Uh, <laughs> TD
1: behind the glass, not behind glass. Can we get Kevin Patrick on the phone to talk about his making the leap? Candidate number 22, Ziggy Ansah.
5: See what had happened was oh, No <laughs> Again, new studio, new setup, we're working on a few kinks uh, and this actually isn't a studio's fault. There was a big shutdown here at NFL Network Studios yeah. and some things are still yet to be up and working and let's just say the phone might be one of those things.
1: Well the good news is is that Kevin Patra is watching good old USA somewhere at a bar, taping on Monday. Probably maybe not have been in the best shape to talk NFL football anyway.
4: By the way, we recorded a Super Bowl podcast, you'll remember, in a dank room full of uh, crates. That's, who knows what was in those crates? We, we thought impossible, possibly weaponry. That setup, preferable to this one. Wow. So, <laughs>
1: all right. So, all right, let's, listen, let's stay on our feet. We're on our feet, literally. Let's keep moving. Why don't we go, let's move on to number, who do we want to talk about? Marcus Wheaton. All right, let's talk about Marcus Wheaton, number 20 on the list. Uh, Typically, I set up you gentlemen uh, as the writers of the content uh, for this Making the Leap series. This one I wrote. Marcus Wheaton, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, uh, entering his second year, a third-round pick of a year ago, entered the league and uh, looked like somebody that was going to make an instant impact and uh, find a role on the Pittsburgh offense. It didn't quite work out that way. In fact, uh, Wheaton suffered a hand injury, broke fingers, missed four games of that. He didn't play on the field that much. He only had one hundred and sixty one snaps. So a positive preseason gave way to a dis- disappointing regular season. But now he's back. he's healthy. Uh, he's still in great position to take that X receiver spot that Mike Wallace vacated. and uh, you know everything we're hearing in camp is that that this guy is playing at a high level. He has all the skill. Uh, He's got speed. He ran a 4-4 at the Combine in 2013. He's got pretty good size, uh, strong hands, a good football IQ. Everything's in place, and he's got a great quarterback, obviously, in Ben Roethlisberger to make the leap and become somebody that is a playmaker at this level. So, gentlemen, I throw it to you. What do you think about this?
2: I think he's the reason why the Steelers were willing to let Emmanuel Sanders walk out the door. Mm. Mm, I think Marcus Wheaton is... (laughs) can be a better receiver. He can actually be an improvement on Sanders opposite Brown. I think he's a better downfield target. He's a better boundary receiver, offers more size and more playmaking ability
3: than Emmanuel Sanders. What are you basing all this Wheaton love in terms of being better than Sanders?
1: Because just, we just haven't seen much of Last year's preseason. Yeah. Yeah, he only had six catches during the regular season, but he uh, made some plays in the preseason, and that's why I guess it was particularly disappointing for that team for him then to have really no no presence during the regular season.
4: Having been in the office at 6 this morning when Dan strolled in uh, and discovered that he had to write this piece that was actually due last night, I am wholly impressed with your ability. No, I'm wholly impressed
0: with your ability to get this together
4: so quickly. First of all, lower your
1: voice. The mic is hot. I can't help it. As am I. If you continue to come after me in such way, you, I, I'm touching you again.
4: I, and now it's a firmer grasp. My point being very impressed with what you put on paper in a quick time. Listen, first of all, from this.
1: snitches get snitches, number one. <laughs> number two, I was all in the head. I, I did research on it. I just had to puke it out, if you will. And I feel confident that Wheaton's going to be somebody that makes an impact this year. And – the question is, is how much is he going to be able to – is it going to be the mental end of it could be the hardest thing. Roethlisberger said uh, last month that a big part of what made the Steelers so dynamic down the stretch was their ability to operate in the no huddle. Um, and he singled out, Roethlisberger singled out Wheaton and Lance Moore, who uh, most likely will slide, slide into Cotterie's old role as the slot guy. The big challenge for them will be picking up uh, the the aspects of the no huddle that they run So he has challenges He's still a very young guy But if he can put that end of it together And he can stay healthy He's going to do some things This is a great
3: spot to be in This is why Emmanuel Sanders is not on our making the leap list Because I don't think he took advantage enough Of the opportunity mm. he had last year You're opposite Antonio Brown You got Ben Roethlisberger At quarterback This is a passing offense I think they're going to be aggressive it's a great spot. We don't know if Wheaton is going to be as good as we hope, but it just it makes a lot of sense that he could have a lot of numbers right away.
4: What do you think about Martavis Bryant? He seems
3: to be a
2: prototypical size speed freak. Uh, some people in Clemson called him kind of a poor man's Randy Moss. They said he was faster than Sammy Watkins. But I think the scouting report on him was it was going to take him a little while to develop as an NFL player. What I find interesting about the Steelers, uh, a candidate for team of ATL 2014, mm. they've got an impressive draft class where a guy like Ryan Shazier is going to start <laughs> right dancing, away. By the way, I just want to throw Tuitt might start right away. But they also have three guys from last year's draft that were candidates for this making the leap list: Le'Veon Bell, Marcus mm. Wheaton, and Jarvis Jones. They're getting. An infusion
3: of two drafts worth of talent in the starting and, lineup. And how about David DeCastro? A fully healthy season, maybe stepping up to Steelers his potential. Steelers are
2: all of a sudden becoming a young team.
3: They're young and cool, Mark. I can feel Mark. Maybe he's coming around to the Steelers as team of ATL. ATL,
1: Mark Sessler, I feel like he is in. Yes or no?
4: I have told you many times, <laughs> you are more than welcome to select this team as your team. And you can send me a postcard from hell. (laughs) I am not going to sell myself down a river and act in week one when they're taking on Cleveland and Johnny Manziel that I'm all excited to see Pittsburgh stomping them 30 to nothing. You don't have
3: to root for them when they're playing Cleveland. It's just the rest of the time.
4: Again, yeah. more than welcome to diverge on this topic. And, by the way, too. I'll have my own team of ATL. How about that?
1: Well, we all That all seems have like it would be the team of Mark Sessler. Well. <laughs> I'll add some context to it to maybe listeners that aren't aware. Uh, we are picking a team collectively and unanimously as the team of ATL this year, a team that we will get behind and follow perhaps more closely than even the other 31 teams, and they will be the team that we believe in. And we are going to figure this out at some point. During the summer into the fall and make a, the grand announcement very early in the 2014 season. Who is that team? I still think we should get some guts and do it before the season starts, but I was voted down on that. So we're going to do it. We're going to we're gonna wait for the regular season to get shaken a little bit, and then we're going to settle on a team. And the Pittsburgh Steelers potentially nominated. But as I said, Mark, since it has to be unanimous, can shoot it down.
4: I don't like where this is going because it puts inordinate pressure on me to just agree with you guys that, yes, this is such an intriguing thing. I, the reason I have a problem with it is because I love Andrew Luck and the Colts. That was my initial argument.
1: All right. Well, let's not give away who our, how our nominations are because we're going to at least nominate one team each down the line. So be ready for that. So.
3: Well, that's a real under-the-radar team right there, the AFC South <laughs> champion from a well, year ago. Well, I believe when we did this <laughs> on What a, play a playoff game. Someone picked the, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> well, that's so, not So, I mean, lot. if
4: we're going for under-the-radar team, I, I'm not sure the <laughs> no Packers. No one's picked anything yet.
2: No one's picked anything. That's that's I did nominate though. the Packers. They were 8-7-1 and one last year, weren't they? Yeah.
4: Colts were great. I mean, compared None to of that. us are Sessler going total shock. I'm in the just dark. trying to get
3: Sessler worked up. Mark yeah, Dealer succeeded.
4: Super Bowl twice under Big Ben. I mean, this is not squad. Do you, do you see what's going
1: on with Sessler right now? He seems to be on fire. A lot of heat. Yeah.
4: A lot e- of emanating heat. Emanating
1: from his body. He's rocking back and forth, hands on his hips. <laughs> During storm
5: life see right us. now.
4: <laughs> I will not be strong-armed <laughs> into. <laughs> Waving around pom-poms for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How about, okay.
5: how about this team, guys? Redskins.
4: No. I've thrown them out. I like uh, them this year. I'm more open to that.
1: No.
5: Pretty sexy this year.
1: I like them. No. They've got the comeback player of the year. You got my year on that, TD. Okay.
5: I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there.
1: All right. So, before we go, we wanted to, uh, I guess this somewhat ties into what we're talking about. These are the the team that will definitely not be the teams of ATL. Uh, Jurgon Klinsmann, who is apparently the coach of the USA soccer team, uh, had this quote to say before. Very unusual that this would ever happen. I can't imagine it ever happening in the NFL or any other uh, US professional sport. But this is what he had to say about his own team. Jurgon Klinsmann, once again. For us now talking about winning a World Cup, it's just not realistic. If it is America or not, you can correct me. So basically, he's saying, well, you know, our team's pretty good. TD, is
5: this correct? Our team's pretty good. But we're is not it fair? The big boys. It is fair. I mean, and you got his Jurgen Klinsmann. He was a German striker for, for a couple of years. Obviously, Jurgen Klinsmann. Great career. Now was a coach. He's he's telling as it is a little bit too honest for some, understandably, especially in the media that we live in today. If mm. an NFL coach or an NBA coach, NHL coach came on and said that, you know, he would get a lot of heat, like Mark Zesta is being in right now. But <laughs> I mean, it's it is. For the most part, true. It's a tough. I mean, to be, to win the World Cup, you're talking about beating out Brazil, Argentina, you Germany, said it's not Spain. Realistic. Yeah, it's.
3: Tough. It would be the most surprising thing to ever happen in World Cup history by it would, far.
5: By far. Would, would it be, be like most? the
3: U.S.
2: hockey team beating Russia in
5: 1980? I kind of get that reference, but not not enough to <laughs> to make sense of it. But I mean, it it would be like. If the, if the Bills won the Super Bowl this year. All right,
1: well, there that's a go. good segue into what we're getting into right now, which is... We're going to go through the teams, and we're going to make a decision. We're going to go all Jurgen Klinsmann and decide ourselves what teams. Well, it's unrealistic to expect a Super Bowl, okay? Super Bowl victory, and this doesn't mean that we hate your team if your team is brought up in this group, or in that, some cases it might. In some cases, of course. Or <laughs> if you know you have no chance to contend for a playoff spot, or even maybe perhaps even make the playoffs as a as a lower seed. We're just saying to win the Super Bowl. It's not realistic, folks. So this this segment's called Jurgen Klinsmann's picks this for the Super Bowl. Good timing because I just had a Twitter
2: uh, follower ask me this morning who would be my team this year that I would bet wouldn't win six games like I did last year with the Oakland Raiders mm. and put my softball pants on the line. And I said, there really are no teams that are as talent poor as the Raiders and Jaguars were entering last season.
1: Will Chris, Chris Westling eat, eat his softball pants? You know, we're downstairs in a, a faux studio right now, <laughs> and somehow that sound effect, our worst sound effect by by far, made it into the pod. And you got to like that. That's TD. Working. Sounds beautiful. Let's hear it again. It is by far our cheesiest sound effect. Will
4: Chris, Chris Westling eat his softball pants? junior high
1: production
3: <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting point though that you don't think any team is that bad i'm trying to come up with a counter right, well,
1: but yeah i think you're right let's go through the list and i guess maybe speak up if you realistically feel it is not realistic for this team to win the super bowl <laughs> that was way more complicated than it had to be the buffalo bills oh they're number one on,
3: they're they're on not list. realistic it's not they're realistic. number one well, I don't know if they're number one, but they're a, a slam dunk. They have no chance.
2: I would say every team that we nominate. will you can point to the quarterback position and say that's a giant right. question mark. Okay. Miami
3: Dolphins. I wouldn't say that about them. I think they they're have close. A, they have a
1: little chance. They're close. New England Patriots. All right. Come on. The New York Jets. They've, they've got a chance. Yeah, Wes. Yeah, Wes, coming around on the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, looking I'm at. It.
3: I'm looking at this like a team that has no chance, yeah. like close to zero point zero percent. The Bills would be the only one so far that would make
1: it for me. Baltimore Ravens, yeah. Come on. Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Yeah, of course they, they have could, a chance. They could it, learn how to win a playoff game.
1: Yeah. I was more asking Wes. It's possible. Pinch, I thought good things might fly. Yeah. All right, the Cleveland Browns.
2: It's a,
4: I think it's a question mark until we know what we have in the rookie quarterback.
1: Oh, I,
2: I could see it happening.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Winning <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Suddenly no. the, the cynic of the ATL podcast is the most positive man in the room. Oh, I love this. Chris West. Johnny
2: Football has a way of galvanizing fan bases Fair. and teams. Well, you and never they, know.
3: They have something. They have a great-looking defense and a Great-looking, defensive-minded head coach. They got some weapons, and if Manziel's good, I don't—I wouldn't feel comfortable putting them on this list. One no little chance. note, I
4: would say that the Bills have a roster that might be as talented as Cleveland's, minus the fact that they don't have a quarterback.
1: That's fair. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course. The Houston yeah. Texans. Ooh, what was that?
4: <laughs> Keep going You'll figure it the game. out
1: oh, I like that The Houston Texans Oh Only th- if Case Keenum Is quarterback <laughs>
5: that,
3: That's an interesting one Could a team oh, Piloted by Fitz- I don't think They have
1: any chance Put all. them on the list It is not uh, realistic There we go Ooh, Look at TV on fire <laughs> The Indianapolis Colts Of course They have a chance <laughs>
4: The
3: Jacksonville
5: Jaguars. No chance. Uh, I didn't even wait for you guys to respond.
4: <laughs> to you know what though? But that I understand why that fan base gets agitated because no matter what, it's immediately the Jaguars. And yes, that this season they don't, but there's they're, they're building something. Hey, look, about this year. Yeah,
2: look we, right. we didn't decide that Chad Henne should be their starting quarterback for the 2014 right. season. And they neither
4: did. have they long term. We
2: know that boys no, will but play. Right, I, but they said he's not going to play, and the Chad Henne thing. I Can not believe a word of that. That to
3: you? precludes them from being in the Super Forget Bowl. The Jaguars. Could they realistically win nine games? Yeah. Sure, no, but not. With I don't think they could realistically have any chance for the Super Bowl, so they're on Fair. the list. The Tennessee.
2: Uh, yes. The, the
1: Tennessee, Tennessee Titans. Titans.
2: This was the first team I thought of.
1: Yeah.
4: Really? <clears throat> really? Jake what do you, Locker. What are you play playing? Nineteen Tennessee? games I going
2: agree all
3: with over the house.
4: Yeah, all right, you guys are. Who
2: are their standout players?
3: You guys are right. I think I just had the whole uh, Justin Hunter fascination in my <laughs> Viciously head. Viciously script.
4: Right. Viciously They have f-
3: their two favorite players, Bishop t- Sankey and Justin Hunter. Well, if they're so bad, why do mm. why don't you think uh, they're going to win six games? You know, you you wouldn't feel comfortable mm, putting your softball pants tasty. up for them.
2: I think they're way more talented than the Raiders were entering last
1: season. Okay. Okay. The Denver Broncos. I think they got a chance. Kansas City Chiefs. Mm, I don't know. Ooh, and Chris Wesley.
2: All right, they got a chance.
1: The Oakland Raiders.
2: No chance. Uh, chance.
1: Here's a good one. Maybe even the World Cup equivalent of the USA, San Diego Chargers.
4: Ooh, It's a good parallel. Is it? Although the Chargers didn't hire someone from Germany to coach their team. Chargers Uh, have a chance. Chargers have a great quarterback. Chargers have a quarterback
3: that you could see getting MVP votes. They have a chance. He almost did last year. So, there you go.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, USA soccer team has, insert great player here, just like the Chargers have <laughs> Philip Rivers.
5: Michael Bradley is the name you're looking for. To- yeah, no, Clint Michael Dempsey.
1: Bradley. Tony uh, Miola. I like. <laughs> no, I he... know you got me on that one. Uh, Howard, is he still the goalkeeper? He is still the goalkeeper. Oh, goalie. yeah. plug in. What do we like about San Diego's defense? I don't remember. <laughs> Not much, Even but
3: anything. I – would it be crazier? This is what I'm comparing it to. The 99 Rams and the, and the Titans. There's some crazy teams that have made the Super Bowl. Their defense did play the, the uh, Broncos as well as anyone except the Seahawks. The Cardinals, when they made the Super Bowl, I mean.
4: Let's it move
1: happened. on to the NFC. The Dallas Cowboys. Mm. I don't think it's realistic.
4: Hey, you got Romo. Come on.
1: But is that good or bad?
4: I would say there's a chance.
2: I think there's a much better chance that they have the worst defense in the NFL.
4: Well, they it's that's they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Greg, you I,
3: decide. I think they have a chance. I'm not putting them on the
4: list.
1: <laughs> New York Giants. I'm never counting out Eli. I am. Hey, you've done it in the past.
3: <laughs> I will I won't
4: count the Giants out. No.
3: Yeah, you can't.
1: I don't think you can count them out. Tom Coughlin, uh, the master Chip <laughs> Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> well, obviously yes. <laughs> Anybody else want to say I can't happen? It? It's realistic. I'll give them that. Here's a good one. The Washington Redskins. Mm. Better chance than the Cowboys.
4: Why not Washington? I mean.
3: Potential. Because they were one of the worst teams in the, team the league last ATL. year. Yeah. That would be the answer. Because their defense is still helmed by Jim Hazlitt, <clears throat> who's overseen one of the worst defenses in the league for not five on the or list six of years.
4: Teams, I'd say absolutely no way when you've got Griffin coming back. And you've got a wide receiver group that's completely different than what we saw last season. Can I you,
1: agree. TD? Can you do a, a ding followed by a uh, at the, as close together as possible?
2: That's the Redskins. No, they're. I'm uh, not. They belong on the list closer than the
1: Cowboys. Okay, right, I'm not going to write damn. them down.
3: Right.
1: Lame division forward. too. Chicago Bears. They got a chance. Detroit Lions. They got a
3: chance. Mm-hmm.
1: Green Bay Packers. Of course. Favorite. <clears throat> Minnesota Vikings.
3: On, they, don't a, they don't have a chance until the Super Bowl's in Minnesota. They're a long
1: way away. They, they, would, they would have
2: to have Teddy Bridgewater play lights out. Uh,
1: Again, everyone, don't take this personally. We, it doesn't mean we dislike your team. What are you
3: saying? It's not realistic. Except in some cases. Now, Wes, of the list so far, are there any cases where you genuinely dislike a team?
2: Well, I, I really love the Raiders organization of the 70s and 80s, and I have a uh, fondness for their history, but... Uh, I have really uh, lo- started loathing them lately. Mm. <laughs> all right. Confirming it. All. There you
1: go. A little <laughs> analysis there. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, that's an interesting one.
4: They definitely have a chance. They have
1: a ch- well, right? They All right. A talk about a team right, getting players
4: back from injury,
2: too. Yeah, they definitely have a chance. The
1: 2013 team of ATL. I think you get grandfathered into <clears throat> realistic possibility if you're the team of ATL, the Carolina Panthers.
4: They've got a chance. No, Mark? I'll, I'll give him a chance. I mean again, you've got a quarterback, they've got a they're not the same team they were last year, but that front seven hasn't changed much.
1: The New Orleans Saints. Definitely. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, if Josh McCown is half as
3: good as uh, Chris Wesley <laughs> <laughs> seems to Making think he's the he leap. Is. Johnny Unitas. Hey, what?
4: Brad Johnson can take the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl title. <laughs> so can I don't think Brad Johnson. Wesling
3: Buc- spent the weekend carving out the bust for Josh McCown in <laughs> Canton. He's such a big fan. <laughs>
2: That's fair. <laughs>
3: Making uh, the leap number twenty-five, Josh McCown. Uh, Wait, does that mean they're? I think they will not. I'm not going sh- to write him down. Yeah, I got shot. They sh- got a shot. Come on. They got, got they got a quarterback. They got, got a shot. trigger they, had, they do have a great defense. All right, they do. Great defensive coach. I think they will. Oh, okay. All
1: right, we got to get out of here. I don't so, need so you that's...
5: guys to be a little bit more bold than that. The Bucs <laughs> have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Okay, sure. okay.
1: <laughs> they have a quarterback. All right. Did we? We said the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I think that whole division has a chance. Yeah, hold it. So, St. Louis Rams, San Francisco 49ers, and of course the Seattle Seahawks. All right, folks. So this is going to be
2: pretty much a fork. Power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. And no, yeah. this is, uh, We're
1: sticking a fork in them before the season starts. Yeah, no, I'm going to read this list, not in order of the teams, uh, how forked they are, but they're all totally forked in the end. Uh, these are teams that realistically, it's unrealistic to think that they will win the Super Bowl, the Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, the Oakland Raiders, and the Minnesota Vikings. What do all of those Texas teams have in common? Quarterback questions.
2: Quarterback questions. Other than
1: the Vikings, they're all in the AFC. So that's good news for the rest of the AFC. Very true. All right, that's it, gentlemen, for Monday's edition of the Around the League podcast. We will be back on Wednesday for another show. I'm touching Mark as we get ready to sign off. Uh, We will be back Wednesday to talk more football goodness. Maybe we'll even talk to Kevin Patra just to confirm he's alive. Uh, Until then, this is Dan Hantz signing up, signing off for The Sizzler, The Mailman, The Boss. Take
4: date behind the glass until Wednesday. We're in Germany's heat, and we have a German coach in the states. Oh, Germany's group—that's what you meant. win.
0: Does
2: yeah. that sound at all
4: controversial?
2: <laughs> Ooh, that's that's a problem.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring